Hello everyone, I'm Rhonda Blunson. I'd like to welcome you to the second episode of The Ed Tea. This episode is part of a series where I'm addressing the top five reasons as to why teachers are leaving the field of education. If you haven't already, I'd like to encourage you to listen to the first episode of this series at your leisure. For I truly want you to understand how the five topics that I'm addressing contributes to the overall reason behind the teacher shortage. In this episode, I'll address one of the most widely accepted complaints that teachers have, and that is high demands in multiple roles. I'd like to start with a quote by an ancient Greek philosopher known as Plato. He says, each man is capable of doing one thing well. If he attempts several, he will fail to achieve distinction in any. I specifically selected this quote because I believe that it highlights the concept of specialization. So as we move further into this episode, you'll understand how this quote links to the topic. Now, allow me to quickly define high demands in multiple roles. High demands is the practice of expecting teachers to uphold unrealistic standards. And I'll explain this in more detail as we move further into this topic. When I say multiple roles, I'm referring to the number of responsibilities in a teacher's job description and how it affects their overall performance and the longevity of their career. In many cases, most teachers feel as though they may be some kind of an executive secretary, an actor or actress, a counselor, maybe even a correction officer or a business owner. And I say this because the one thing that they sign up to do, they only do 25% of the time. And so this makes the requirements to be a teacher unsurmountable. Now, please allow me to break this down for you. I want to start with the role of a secretary. Teachers do so much paperwork on a weekly basis that it is unreal. We document special education and ESL accommodations. We do a weekly lesson plan. We grade assignments and assessments, and we also have to enter these into the grade book. We may have to make copies for upcoming class assignments. We write, read, and respond to emails from parents, other teachers, or administrators. We make parent phone calls about student performance or behavior. We write discipline referrals when necessary. We attend weekly and monthly meetings that generally require oral or written responses about students or the content that we teach, and the list goes on. Now I want to address a teacher in a counselor role. So let's just say that you have a student who walks into class one day and they're feeling sad or they're having an emotional moment. This may not be the day where they feel like they want to learn. So they may not be in the mood to learn that day. They may be having trouble with the peer. Maybe something happened at home or maybe they're upset about something they feel that they're going to get a consequence for. It could be anything. As teachers, we're expected to find a way to access the intellectual part of the student or the student will simply miss the lesson due to emotional distractions. Now, I know you may be thinking, well, why can't you just send the student to the counselor to let them take care of it? The short answer is no, you cannot, because generally counselors also have multiple roles and aren't generally available on the spot to address an issue like this. 
They usually don't get involved until it becomes an extenuating circumstance or the parent has signed a permission form for the student to be counseled on a scheduled or as needed basis. So in this case, the teacher is expected to deal with this matter or to talk with or counsel the student. So now I want to address the teacher in a correction officer role. If you are a teacher, you have or will come into contact with a physical fight. You are expected to do all that you can to get both students to circumvent or avoid fighting. And in many cases, it may not be possible. So your next best thing is to keep the students away from each other physically, whether it be holding one student in place or having the other student go to a different location or whatever it takes to alleviate or lessen the anger with the students involved. Well, the average teacher doesn't want to find themselves in a situation like this and would rather have someone who's trained to handle situations like this take care of the matter. And by the way, teachers aren't trained to physically break up fights. Our training is geared more toward strategies to ease or lessen the anger between those involved. And so this could pose a huge safety threat that may not end well if students can't be retained or talked out of a physical altercation. So now I want to address the teacher as a business owner. As you know, a business owner is involved in every aspect of their business and anything that needs to be done to maintain the classroom must be done by you, the teacher. So this may involve the decor on the walls, the posters or anchor charts that's displayed on the wall that is evidence of student learning, the layout of the classroom, how the desks are arranged, and any other furniture in the classroom, the paperwork on your desk or copies of student work. All of these things must be maintained in an orderly fashion by the teacher. And so in a sense, it makes you feel as though you may be running your own business. And finally, you are expected to act the part. It doesn't matter if you're having a bad day or if someone may be working your nerves or if you're tired or dealing with a personal matter. You are expected to smile and act happy and pleasant even if you're not. Now, I just wanna switch gears here for a moment. So for those of you who haven't followed the headlines with regards to the new superintendent of HISD, I just want to quickly reference him. Mike Miles was the appointed superintendent that was nominated by TEA, which is the Texas Education Agency, to sort out or smooth the deficits that have lingered for years at many of the lower performing HISD schools. So Miles recently introduced an educational model called NES, which means new education system. So with this model, he talks a lot about giving those little small, miniature, minute roles to teacher, apprentice, and assistants 
to allow the teacher to specialize or become more of an expert in their content. Now, I love the illustration and picture that he paints with regards to specialization. He refers to the teacher as a doctor. And he's basically explaining how giving some of the more insignificant roles to assistants frees up time for teachers to specialize. So it's kind of like the setup in the medical world. The patient comes in, there's someone at the front desk to check them in, then they're passed on to the nurse or the medical assistant, and they follow the entire process until they reach the doctor. The problem with the old educational system is that it doesn't allow specialization. And so it's almost like having the doctor do everything, okay? They have to do all the things that the assistants do and also maintain their role as the doctor. And so this makes the work of a teacher extremely, extremely exhausting. And this is one of the primary reasons as to why they are walking out in high numbers. Now, according to the National Education Association, the teacher shortage was already in the making prior to 2019. The 2020 COVID pandemic simply expedited the crisis. So let me just drop a few statistics in here. And this is once again, according to the National Education Association. So from the year 2019 to 2020, about 439,000 teachers were enrolled in a teacher preparation program in the U.S. Now, I'm just going to pause here for a brief moment before I release the number of teachers who actually completed the preparation program. Because this is truly, truly alarming. So out of the 439,000 enrollees, only 151,000 actually completed the program. Wow. Just wow. Now let me roll this all the way back to 2008. So from 2008 to 2009, approximately 690,000 enrollees were in a teacher preparation program in the U.S. Now here comes that alarming bomb again. But only 217,000 completed the program. Now this is proof that there are people who are interested in teaching. However, there is something about the layout or structure of the system that completely turns people off. Now, I've never truly analyzed the work that I do on this level, but this is really making me stop to really think about my future as a teacher and my decision to remain in the profession. Now, I want to make a few concluding and final remarks with regards to this topic. A, is it realistic to believe that a person could juggle this many roles with precision? And B, 
Is it really possible to uphold the same high standards each and every day? Because to be fair, I mean, we all have off days and times where we just don't feel up to par. So I think this could easily make teachers feel as though they have to live up to such extreme and unrealistic standards all the time. And what they truly want more than anything is specialization. They want specialization. And it is my hope that in the near future, districts will adopt a new educational model that enables teachers to do what they signed up to do. And that is to teach. They simply want to teach. I want to thank all of you for tuning in to the second episode in this series. And I look forward to you joining me again in the next episode where I will discuss the third reason as to why teachers are leaving the field of education, poor administration and leadership. Please follow me on your favorite podcast network or more specifically Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and YouTube as I explore another disputed and controversial reason as to why teachers are simply walking out. I can't wait to meet you there to spill the tea.